This episode of the Pilot Network Podcast is brought to you by ForeFlight. ForeFlight takes your flight planning to the next level with ForeFlight Dispatch, a web-based add-on to ForeFlight Military Flight Bag. Dispatch provides a centralized hub for all team members to collaborate on flight plans and release them directly to crew via ForeFlight Mobile, as well as supporting advanced global flight planning capabilities like ETP and ETOPS, fur avoidance, complex route requirements, and much more. Visit ForeFlight.com backslash TPN to learn more and schedule a demo. That's ForeFlight.com backslash TPN to learn more and schedule a demo today. Welcome back to the Pilot Network Podcast. I'm Matt, and I am joined by Adam, co-host of the show. It, how many episodes of this we've been able to schedule together? It, this is like number three, four? Three, two, four, something like that. <laughs> multiple of one yeah Pretty amazing. This, is, this is a fun one we uh we wanted to talk about something that was kind of interesting we kind of uh on the last little mini episode i, w- I wouldn't even call it an episode more of a uh, all call but uh we just teased the fact that we are looking for uh tpn correspondence in the podcast and to go out and, and do some interviews and and dabble a little bit and and yes. help us expand the reach of this thing so that was kind of fun. Uh, we're, we're getting a bunch of emails and interest and, and hopefully anyone who's on the fence, no experience required. Uh, we, we want to give you an opportunity to try this out and see what's what. So uh, if you haven't reached out to us yet, shoot us an email at heyguysatthepilotnetwork.com. Uh, and we're excited to hear from you and see what we can, uh, how we can expand this podcast experience for those of you who are fans. Uh, so to the task at hand, though, today's yes. episode, uh, very pertinent because the hiring wave is back, right? Uh, Shakalaka. Yeah. The, uh, the pilot uh, shortage is real again. We didn't solve it against, against conventional wisdom there. Uh, the Air Force thought they had it solved for a second and then turns out no. Uh, Oops. That was temporary. <laughs> yep. So uh, the airlines are a year behind in hiring. And while we are under no illusion, that is always going to be the case. There's dips and, and hills and valleys to this industry, ups and downs. And uh, we've seen it play out many times just in our short careers. And if you look back, it happens a lot more than that. But what we want to do is talk about one thing specifically uh, that Adam and I uh, are very passionate about, mostly because we get asked a lot for letters of recommendation and not to mention the fact that uh adam letters of rec have a very special place in uh how tpn came about do you want to just talk about that and then we can dive into some of our recommendations on how to approach it yeah no doubt dude uh so it's funny tpn's first the first iteration the first reason tpn existed was i was sitting in B-Hut in Afghanistan and didn't know how to ask for letters of recommendation to uh, FedEx because that's where I wanted to go. So spoiler alert, TPN's been a giant failure because I did not get hired at FedEx. I never even got an interview. So there you go. But uh, the the thing was is I didn't know how to ask dudes that I hadn't seen in years. So I was it was 2012. I was out of active duty for six years at that point. I hadn't seen people in six years that you that had now fly for FedEx. 
So I, I was like, well, yeah, how do you, how do you reach out to these guys and ask for letters of recommendation? So on Facebook, I created the pilot network and, you know, the rest is history there. Uh, but I, I put everybody I knew as a pilot in that group because I wanted to parse out who I knew from FedEx and how I could put them in a group and make it look like, Hey, look, we're all doing this together. And then I can ask them for letters of recommendation. I mean, it was truly driven by selfish motivation. And it, but in the back of my head, I thought, man, there's a lot of other people can probably um, have some sort of resulting uh, success from this. And the funny part was when I first started to do this, I think when I first started to ask for letters of recommendation, not only at FedEx, but at the airline eventually was hired at and then some other airlines is when I went back in time to ask folks who I had not flown with in a while, uh, but people who I knew and knew well, they were overjoyed to help me. I don't know if that was your experience, Matt, uh, with your airline. If you'd reached out to people who were kind of a little bit more of a distant past, but they were very excited to write me a letter of recommendation because we were close. And one of the things, and, and I think this is where I'll go with the critical piece later on, is I never asked anybody who I wasn't close with. I didn't reach out to somebody who I barely knew because they were at United or Frontier, or whatever the case might be. And so every response I got was overwhelmingly, oh yeah, dude, what, you know, I'll, I'll get right on it. And most guys did. I mean, some guys are like me and you had to like pepper them with a couple of, Hey man, did you, did you get my email? You know, shit like that. But, um, I don't know if you had, did you have the same experience when you went down that road or were, or were most of the people you knew kind of too recent to, you were still in connect, like connection with them. Right. So the approach I took, and I should say that the way we're going to talk about this topic is, is not that we have any sort of inside information on what airlines want. We're not going to speculate about that. What we're going to talk about is good dudesmanship and common sense uh, and just some things that you might not have already th thought about and based off of our own experience, uh, but also based off of what, six, eight years of this conversation being had on TPN uh, and just kind of seeing how that plays out. So for me personally, uh, what I did not want to do is reach out to a bunch of people that were, fell more into the acquaintance category that just yeah. so happened to, that happened to work at an airline that I was applying to uh, and go for quantity over quality. I had heard at various job fairs and talking to hiring managers and, you know, the going through the process and, you know, witnessing the conversation on TPN that it was more important that the people who wrote your letters of recommendation were able to speak to you as a person, speak to your character, speak to your flying ability, because you're, after all, you're applying for a job as a pilot, right? So that that's pertinent. Um, speak to your leadership capabilities and all those sorts of things. Uh, and what was most important to me is not that I pencil whip a template and then just grab a signature and employer number. I, I thought that was disingenuous and absolutely not the way I wanted to go. I wanted to make sure that I was very careful about who I asked, that I was 
proud of my relationship with that individual uh, and knew that even if I didn't provide them any sort of template or canned responses or my resume, that they could sit down and write something because they knew me well. They've known sure. me for years. Yep. We've flown multiple times. We've seen good times. We've seen bad times. They can speak to my character. They can speak to my professionalism. Uh, and they can do it without some canned template. Now, what I did do is because the people that I trust and I admire that I ended up asking for those letters of recommendation for, they're very, very busy people, as you can imagine. Uh, and so what I provided them with is as much information in terms of dates and where our paths cross and what we were doing at the time. Uh, because while they remember a lot of the kind of personality stuff, the character stuff, the person stuff, what they may not be have on the, the tip of their, their pencil or the tip of their tongue is the dates that we were stationed together or what job title I had at the time or, or what have you. So I provided them some pretty comprehensive information uh, and a template that didn't have canned responses, but what it had was uh, I didn't make them go search for a format of, you know, <laughs> does the name and the address go on the left side, the right side, how many carriage returns or returns is the signature block, that sort of stuff. So I helped them out with that sort of stuff. Uh, but that was just really out of mutual respect for their time. Uh, and not so much that I was just trying to get as many letters of rec as possible. That's how I approached it. What about you? So when I was doing this, and I think this has to do with a little bit, probably a little bit with my age and a little bit with the amount of information that was out there at the time. So my first foray into this world was with Atlas airlines, um, before I, I moved on to my next job. And when I first, so I knew nobody there and I, I take that back. I might've known something like one, one person or something like that. And we, we talked on the phone kind of a thing. And, you know, I couldn't ask him for a letter. He was a friend of a friend. So when, when I was going down that road, I still needed reference letters. So I, I took guys from my own unit and asked them for a reference letter. And on, moreover, if there was recommendations to be had from outside of the unit, I, or outside of the airline, I asked those guys to write them as well. Same, same thing when I went to uh, the Milwaukee guard unit where, where I'm at now, instead of when I was uh, down with you at, uh, in Tampa. So, um, those are, that's a little different scenario, right? Cause I think most people, what they think of is they think of airline like Delta. I know guys at Delta. That's, I was going to ask these 37 people that I know at Delta. And out of that, I should get 15 letters of recommendation and blah, blah, you know, that's like the mindset or, or whatever. In, in my case, when I, when I was going to my follow on airline, I did know a lot of people there, but I still had to kind of go back in time to people I hadn't seen in a while. Cause I wanted to get some quality people that I had a good flying relationship with good work relationship with. I wanted to go with really close friends as well as people that I, I, I knew maybe not as, as well in the friend world, but like professional colleagues had had a good relationship with them and people who had been with the airline for a while. So when I, when I started to do this, there wasn't nearly the information level that there is now about how to kind of gather that stuff up. So 
when I when we first were doing the beginnings of TPN, it was more like, well, how do you ask and not be a douchebag? That I mean, really, that's what it was about. Now it was more of okay. Nowadays it's more I, I know how to do that, but how do I set the person up who's writing the letter of recommendation to not feel like I've burdened them with the responsibility of writing out their memories of me, giving them like you did, you know, giving a comprehensive memory jogging list, a mini resume as you were, as it, as it is, as it were. I, I didn't do that nearly as much, but I did. Uh, if they had any questions, you know, uh, like if they said, Hey, just, you know, refresh my memory. But to be honest, most of the folks that I asked, none of that stuff came up. And honestly, when I looked at their letters of recommendation, they were written better than anything I could have asked, which means to me, I asked the right people because of our relationships were close enough that they didn't need that information. Now that's not always going to be the case. I think Matt is more down the line when you're, especially for those of you who may be retiring from the military, this is, I think a key, a key group of folks, right? So all of our regional buddies out there, they're probably, they're friends. They're, they, they have very sharp ax memories of where their paths crossed. They were at Masaba together six years ago or two years ago. And now one, one dude is at United. One dude that's at, at uh, American. They got that stuff sharp as attack. Military folks, you're in year 22, you're retiring and your old flight lead or buddy from 20, 10, 12 years ago is a captain at JetBlue and that's where you want to go. Well, I'll tell you what, your memories might be a little hazy and giving them a good, a good baseline, which that's really easy to do for you, right? You can look at your resume, pull out your security clearance. That's a great way to kind of memory jog and then send that out to them. That's a great way to help them uh, remember your professional stuff. Like Matt said, the character thing is really important. So I didn't do that because I didn't know that that was a good idea. And I think it's a really great idea to be able to do that uh, go going forward. And frankly, that may have hindered my chances of getting a job. I just happened to land the first place that I really put I wouldn't say all my eggs in one basket, but I, I really put forth to one particular airline. Most of you probably know where that airline is anyways by now, but that's where I was trying to go. That's where I got to, but I didn't necessarily, if I would have gone, try to go elsewhere, I may have needed to do a little bit more legwork for the folks. And I would have been happy to do that. So I think Matt's really onto something that's really important for folks to realize that especially if you've been, it's been a while, but those people could still be really close to you, you know, in the heart and the mind, whatever the case is, that doesn't mean that our memories work as well as we wish they could. So, um, so Matt, I, I'll, I'll throw this out to you then because you kind of, I mean, you did nail a lot of parts to that, but what would you say is the one most critical thing? Like when, if you were asked, you're asking me for a letter of recommendation, we hadn't talked in four years. What's the one critical thing that you would do to say to get me on board with writing that letter? Not not on board, but more or less going, oh, man, I'm really proud I can do this for him. I'm excited that he you know, could sling gear for me or we can be, you know, sharing the same pilot lounge or see each other in a layover. Right. So the the first thing that I'm thinking, and this is my personal opinion, is I want to reach out to someone who I already know has a vested interest in 
me being successful at whatever job that I'm applying for. So uh, how that's defined depends on the person and the job and all those sorts of things. But um, it's important to me that that person cares about the success or failure of that particular interview. Not that they really uh, are going to play a huge part of that. Letters of recommendation are, uh, you know, by all accounts are, are a small part of the application process. Uh, and some aren't even looked at until after you're offered a CGO. But it, what's important to me is that that person actually uh, cares, you know, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to make that selection on who I ask uh, based off of that. So I'm not going to ask someone who I feel uh, I'm maybe not a hundred percent that they have some buy-in and, and some agency in the process, if that makes sense. Uh, it, it's not just about getting an employee number uh, and someone who works at that particular airline for me. Mm. In fact, I only submit, I submit four letters of recommendation with my application. Uh, and only one of those was from someone uh, who was actually an employee of the airline I was applying for. Hmm. Yeah. And that that's, I don't think a lot of people think that, that that's normal. That does happen. I, I, I it's, yeah, we, we get asked that all the time. So it, let me yeah. turn it back to you is what's obviously this is your opinion and, and just observing on TPN for, for quite some time, but uh, what's your opinion on how many letters of recommendation you should try to have? And oh man, yeah. dude, I've been asked that so many times, right? I mean, I got asked that a lot when I was doing the interview prep stuff. And the bottom line is this, there is no magic number that I know of. There's no 53 letters versus two versus whatever. There's no, it doesn't matter. Cause some airlines won't look at it beforehand. I've now read stuff where there's airlines that that triggers a triggers a review of their application if you have a certain amount which i just don't know how that would actually work i mean what it goes boom 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 bam it triggers up maybe it does i don't know what i think is and i think we're on the same page here the way we've been talking is that quality over quantity because when they actually do read them whenever that is in the hiring process if it's the same letter of recommendation over and over and over again they're going to see that and go wait a second here something's not adding up if it's written and in the same voice in the same voice yeah there's no changes to it. it's the same nonsense yeah they're gonna they're gonna notice that and honestly the worst thing that can happen is you get your app pulled re for review and then you go into your interview and you're you you look like a you look like a little train wreck coming at them. That's that's like the worst thing that can happen because now now you've burned your you burn one shot. You're probably going to burn all your shots in one fell swoop because you look you may look like a liar. You may look like you're trying to pull a fast one, and that's that's really the the hard part. And my personal opinion is quality trumps quantity any day of the week. The bigger picture here is do you have all the rest of your ancillary events accomplished? To, to have your application reviewed, submitted, and then you go and you crush an interview. If the answer to that is no, well, then you know where you, you got to put your work. Having four letters of recommendation or six letters of recommendation, I don't think makes a difference. You know what I mean? Like if you have 10 and you think 12 is going to push you over the limit at the edge, I would, I would be 
willing to bet money that that it doesn't matter. Those two extra letters aren't going to do anything. In fact, uh, our our one of our favorite podcasters mutually, Tim Ferriss, it's the 80-20 rule. Like, you know, you do 20% of your work at 80% of your results. So to me, that extra two letters of rec is the 80% to get 20% of, of where you need to be. And I don't think it's worth your time. There's way better, way better things to put your effort into leading up to trying to get a, a multi-million dollar career job. So that's my personal opinion. What you are you in the same same boat there? I mean, I know quality versus quantity, but and honestly, I don't know. Each airline's so different that who knows what, what they're actually looking at. Right. I mean, they, they don't really share that externally very, very well. But what they've all told us at various hiring fairs and events that we've been at is that uh, they, they care about what the person has to say, not some pride badge of honor that you got a certain number or something like that. Yeah. It, well, it, uh, but what was interesting to me, and I, I'm trying to remember if 100%, I know at least two and i think all four of the people that wrote letters of recommendation for me uh were contacted uh and i can't remember at what point in the interview process it was a few years ago now but i'm almost positive that each one of them that that was a good indicator to me that things went well uh because they were starting like those folks who i talked to on a pretty regular basis reached back to me and said yeah i just had a conversation and i'm pretty sure it was all four yeah that's pretty wild. I can say with certitude that nobody that wrote a letter of recommendation for me was contacted, which so is that's why you got I, hired, right? Yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> I got hired. That's, I mean, that one hundred percent. What? So when they did, they say anything about? Were they just at? Would, I mean, did they say anything about how the question line of questioning went? Was it just like, hey? Well, you know, on this was the material that you say here or whatever. It was like, this is where you knew, like, how do they, what do they ask? You know, to be honest with you, I can't really remember that that whole time was so busy and exciting and nerve wracking that I, I don't know that I had the clarity of thought to, to ask those sorts of questions because it, it didn't really matter. I was just so excited that, that I was being vetted and considered and, and just honored that the process was moving working so yeah so for those of you out there who just heard that matt doesn't remember i didn't i don't remember a damn thing about that time period and if you if you're so if you're thinking about that and let's say you know matt or i personally and you wanted to ask one of us for letters of recommendation to the airline we work for which you know whatever the case is but if we can't remember those very exciting and intrinsic to our professional career times moving forward if you're trying to think that we're going to remember sortie X that we flew as an instructor when you're a co-pilot or something like that, it's not because we don't care or like you, but that, that detail is long since that penguin has flown off the iceberg, man. We are penguins don't fly. Yeah. Well that these do, they do when they get (laughs) off about you trying to remember stuff like this. So think about it that way, folks. It's, it is, the memories, the memory is not good. And we, like Matt said, the big picture of, Hey, good dude, man, we really like that person or she was cool to you know go out and have a drink with or have dinner with after when we get on the ground. But like the flying together, you, unless it's a huge emergency, chances are memory is going to be pretty, pretty limited. So 
keep that in mind for when you ask and, and have that little mini resume. In fact, uh, I was just asked for a letter of recommendation the other day. Uh, very uh, humble young man who asked me and you know, did a great job putting it together. And I was like, of course, I'm going to write a letter of recommendation for you. I was just waiting for when you were going to apply because I wanted to get it in. And one of the things I, I actually screwed up is the spelling of his name. I've known him for six years, right? I mean, stupid me. Um, for, first name too. But the, the crazy part was, is he said, hey, do you, need a, do you need my resume to look at or do you have anything? And I go, no, I've, I've essentially been your boss for four years, five years or whatever the deal is. I've known you way before that. I go, I, I, that I know. But, but we're in constant contact. We work together. I've helped him get through co-pilot to AC. I helped him navigate uh, enlisted to becoming a pilot officer stuff with some interview prep. So you can see that, yes, I know that's a, but, but my, I still, there's bits and pieces of direct little memories that I don't, I don't know. Like I, I honestly, I, I know I've flown with him, but I can't pin down like the exact sortie we did or what, how, what we even did. So Keep that in mind. And nor do you have the time to sit there and do a forensic analysis of, of that. Yeah. Try to figure it out, you know? Yeah. And, and honestly, this is your one chance where you, this is when you should be doing like Matt, great terminology, forensic analysis of this. This is your one shot to do that kind of stuff. And if you don't have the time to do it now, then you're probably not as concerned about the company that you're applying to as maybe you should be. And I know that sounds a little trite, but in my opinion, if you really want to get a job like the ones that some of us have gotten and that are, can be really, really great, then you're going to do everything within your power to do it, to, to go out there and snatch that uh, up. So keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, I think those are the big, kind of the big takeaways for me is just that quantity over quantity, quality. And when you walk in, when you're, when you're going to ask just so show a little humility when you when you're going to ask somebody and the easiest way to do that is don't ask somebody that you haven't talked to in seven or eight years and if that's the only person you do know well that's fine too but then be ready to give them a a full catch them up to speed on everything you've done since you've flown together and worked together and everything that you did together as uh, as a flying uh, pair back in the day that that that's my big takeaway and another, another good, if, if you take away nothing else from this discussion is start early because right. the more time you can give somebody to do something like this, uh, it doesn't need to be excessive. It doesn't need to be a couple of years early, but, uh, giving them, you know, a few months, six months, maybe something like that, that would be really helpful. And hopefully they can get it done far sooner, much quicker than that. Um, but life happens and people forget and then just, you know, just politely give them a reminder from time to time, uh, and, and give them a heads up. But, uh, that, and I would say if you're nervous about asking someone, maybe focus on the people that you know will be interested in helping you out, you know, start with them. Uh, and then, you know, I think it'll be very organic, very natural to approach the people who, you know, like, and trust and know, like, and trust you. And that's important. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Well, Matt, if folks have more questions about this or 
they're interested in that podcast correspondence position, how should they reach out to you and I? Sure. As always, hey guys at thepilotnetwork.com. Uh, and I also want to just talk about the private community just a little bit more too, because uh, it's something that we have not publicized very much, but that community is really shaping up to be something special. We've got the written correspondents who are creating custom content uh, based off of these sorts of conversations. Uh, and the, the discourse is at a much higher level than you might expect just on the open internet, social media. Uh, this is a group of people and yes, uh, it, it has a membership fee, but what we found is when, when people have a little bit of buy-in, uh, they're interested on, in the outcome of what that looks like. And the private TPN community uh, that you can get to it off of the pilotnetwork.com. Just uh, you can see the join join now, I think is what it says, uh, or sign up or some some nonsense like that. But um, it, uh, it it allows you to enter into a smaller version of TPN uh, that's more curated. Uh, and we are really pouring a lot of resources in and we're very, very proud of what that community is shaping up to be. So join us there. Uh, great place to ask questions and uh, get some really good responses that are customized to what you're looking for. Yep. Think of it as a masterclass for those of you out there who are in uh, any stage of your career. Uh, there's there's a lot of good content that's not just about how do I get the job after I'm done with the military. That is, uh, that's how TPN kind of started, but we're definitely moving away from that in a lot of different ways. And if you want to support TPN, it's the best way to do it. Uh, and I, I don't know, Matt mentioned it. There's a three-day trial period on there where you can go in, check it out and say, you know what, this isn't really for me. Or you can try to read every article in three days. Good luck on that and then move on. But one of the other things that we want to do is we want, we want our own network uh, away from social media and open internet source that, that that has its place too but we think that there's some really opportunity opportunistic moments in the private community where folks can open up a little bit more and discuss things that are a little bit more directive and there's a a, a way for us to niche down to the levels like hey there's 14 airbus 320 captains from Delta Airlines in there who want to have a pseudo anonymous chat about stuff that they see and they want to talk about and they want to be able to share and they don't want all of Facebook seeing it or all of uh, Instagram or all of whatever out there and there's ways to do that that Matt and I are, are moving towards so give it a try if it's not for you we, we just appreciate you taking a look and we appreciate you being constant supporters of TPN and uh, as always thanks for tuning in to this episode and uh try to keep the shiny side up and the greasy side down if you can if not then go to the tpn community page and tell us about more. it Why? We'll, yeah tell we'll us we'll about want to see it. some pictures we'll help you so uh and uh if 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 that does not work out we want you to fly safe take care everybody <laughs> <laughs>